Welcome, and thank you for listening to the podcast of North Etowah Baptist Church. Visit us online at northetowah.org. Rather than church being a place where people far from God are met with shame, guilt, and condemnation, we believe Jesus leads us to be a family that extends His grace, mercy, and forgiveness to everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's service. Would you take a copy of God's Word, the one you brought with you this morning, turn to the Gospel of John. And if you didn't bring a Gospel of John with you or the Bible with you, that's quite all right. There's one in the pew. So look there in the pew. The black book is the Bible. If you'll open that one up to John. And if you don't know where John is, that's okay too. Look in the front of that Bible and you will see that the front has, a, has an index or a concordance. No, not concordance, but a... what? Thank you, English math instructor telling me. Table of contents, and it will tell you what page John is on. We're going to go to John chapter 3. The Bible is divided so that you have the chapters, so you go to that book, John, and then you'll go 1, 2, 3, the big numbers, and you'll find chapter number 3. Keep looking until you find it, and it's no problem. We got time, and if you can't find it, no problem, because Jonathan has been so good to put it on the screen in front of you. We're going to read several verses here in John. We're going to begin with John chapter 3. We're going to begin with verse number 1, and we're going to go through verse number 17 this morning. We're going to key in on a very important verse near the end. But I want to make sure that we all see in John chapter 3, and if you don't have a Bible... Take that Bible that's in the pew, just take it with you. That is yours to take with you. If you don't have a Bible, that's our gift to you. We want you to have it. So take that with you because we want you to have a copy of God's Word. In John chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1. John chapter 3, the Gospel of John, here in the New Testament. The Gospel of John chapter 3, verse number 1. God's Word says this. I'm going to begin reading here. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you don't understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? 
No one has ascended into heaven except he who ascended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now notice verse number 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Would you pray with me, please? Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we come to you to ask that you would be with this time together. And we pray that your word would be exalted and that, Lord, we will see and experience your love for us. God, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. Anoint my tongue, God, that I would speak what you want to be spoken. And we're going to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as we consider John chapter 3, I want us to look at verses 16 and 17 in particular, and especially verse number 16. This morning as we are considering that God loves you. Friends, I want you to know, God loves you. God loves you so very much as I was sharing with the children that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. God loves you. This morning you may be asking the question in your heart right now, you're thinking, how could God love me? How could God love me? Is the question that many of us may be asking here this morning. The things that I've done wrong, the things that I have uh, seen, and the things that I've partaken in, how could God love me? Others of you may be going, your mind may be following along the path of thinking, how could God love a terrorist? How, how could God love a child molester or a rapist or a thief or a, or, or a, a murderer? How could God love that type of person? How, wow, we got them posted on our wall, the Ten Commandments. How could God love anybody that breaks his law? God has given us his law and his commandments. How can he, my mind goes to how can God love people that break them so readily and easily? Friends, today, one of the great mysteries that we all try to understand is the love of God. We, we, we've tried to understand it for centuries and millennia we have been attempting to grasp 
the word of God or the love of God. And, and every definition that you can think of, and even the children this morning trying to come up with definitions, in your mind, you might have been coming up with some definitions of what love is. And you think, well, I love my husband. I love my wife. I, I love my kids. I love my parents. I, I love, uh, you know, I love my car. I love this new purse I got. I love this new dress that I was able to purchase. I, knew, I love these, this shirt. I lo- we, we use that, the word love so, so, so often that it's lost some of its meaning and and this morning is you're thinking about the love definition and we're thinking about how does love and God's love we fail because every definition is is inadequate and this morning I'm going to attempt and I'm giving it my best effort is to explain and to help you see the love of God and, and I promise you, I'm telling you up front, I'm failure. I'm going to mess up. I'm not going to, but I hope you can get a little bit closer to understanding God's love because I'm not going to do it justice. Because here in John, it's the best definition that I can ever see. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, it overwhelms us with God's love. It says, here's the meaning of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Wow. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. What amazing love. Oh, the depths of the love of God. It's amazing. But I go back again. For God so loved the world. How could he love a world that's in revolt? Against him. How could God love these United States of America that are in revolt against him? The Boy Scouts of America just chopped the name, boom, the name boy off of their name. Now they're scouts. They did that because girls are joining the scouts. That is the official word. But I believe, friends, it's another step towards assisting and letting more transgender and more gays. Friends, let me tell you, young people this. You adults know this. But you young people, it may be fashionable. And it might be the end thing to do, the trendy thing to call yourself a a gay or a lesbian or a bisexual. But friends, I want you to know this morning in 1 Corinthians, jot it down, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, God said, or God's word says, that it's sin. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 
Leviticus in the Old Testament, Leviticus 18 in verse number 22, it says you shall not lie with man as a woman. It is an abomination. Friends, the world is revolting against God. But I want you to know, friends, if you've got a problem, if you want to, this word says God loves homosexuals. God loves the, the ones that aren't like you. God loves the gay, transgender, the LGBT community. God loves them and died for them. If God loves them, then we need to love as well. We don't, we don't condone the sin, but we love the sinner. We have got to love just like God loves. God does not approve of that lifestyle, but he loves them. California has banned the sale of Bibles. Now you're going to see in the, in the liberal media, they're saying, no, no, you're not banning the Bible. Friends, it says that they are going to ban any book that promotes or does not promote their crazy leftist agenda. And so that goes, by definition to me, it goes back to the Bible. The Illinois Senate just passed. And I'm giving you recent things that's just happened in the past two weeks or three, two weeks that the Illinois Senate has made it that the public schools in the middle and high schools have to teach history of the LGBT community and, it, and its contributions to our society. Ladies and gentlemen, the church has let go and we are not standing strong on what God's word said. Friend, today, here's the deal. You and I are a bunch of sinners. You're a sinner, I'm a sinner, we're all there. What do we need to do to see God's love? God loves us so very much. Why does he love us? Friends, he loves us because we are all his creation. We are his creation. What child, my children are just alike, just the same. What child doesn't like when they do when they do a doodle or they do something at school and they bring it home, look, mom, look, dad, look what I've done, grandparents. And they want you and you put it on the refrigerator. And, and you, what child doesn't love his, his or her creation? God is the same. We are made in his image. God loves, likes really a whole lot. And he really loves, he loves you. He loves his creation. You, friend, every one of us are God's creation. And he loves us. The Bible tells us that, yeah, he created everything out here. But you and I are his special creation. We are created in his image. It says in Genesis 2, 7 that the Lord was, he reached down and, and he formed man out of the dust of the ground and, and then he breathed life into him. Now, I don't know how all that really occurred except that I believe that God is the author of life. God is the one who gave life to that first man, Adam. And that is how we came to be. And here's another little tidbit of information for you. I don't care, and I stand strong. I don't care what your textbook says. We didn't crawl out of a big pond somewhere and be formed. God himself said, let there be light, and there was light. And then God went through all creation days, and then he formed man. He took the dust, and he formed a man out of the dust. And then he took, and took one of the man's ribs and made a woman out of it. 
Now, I'm not going to get into all the details because I don't understand it all either, but I believe it. I know that it doesn't matter what the liberal society tries to tell you, that God created us. He created you. God made you special, and he loves you very much. That's Bob the Tomato, by the way, from VeggieTales. He loves you. You see, friends, God loves you because you are his creation. You're made in his image. It's not a physical image, but it's a spiritual image. God gave you the power to think. Come now, let us reason together. Says the Lord, though your skins, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though your sins are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. He gave you the power to think. God loves you, you're his creation. He gave you the power to choose. That first scripture I read was Isaiah 118. God gave you the power to choose in Joshua 24, 15. It says, if it's evil to serve the Lord, choose this day who you're going to serve. Whether it be the God of the world or God Almighty. He gives you a chance to choose in Joshua 24, 15. God loves you. He created you in his image. He gives you the power to love. He loves you and he gives you the power to love. In Mark 12, verse 30, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And this is Jesus talking. And then he said, You know what? You also need to love your neighbor as yourself. Quit pointing your fingers at somebody else and all of their sins. And start acknowledging your own. Love them as you love yourself, as you love God. God gives us the power to love. And ladies and gentlemen, this morning, God gives you and me, he loves us so much. He gives us the power to know right and wrong. In James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, it says, let no one, when he say he is tempted, let him be saying, I'm tempted of God, because God's not the one doing that to you. He said, when you're tempted, you're being lured and enticed by your own sinful desires, the desires of human nature. God loves you. He loves you because you're his creation. You're created in his image. And this morning, won't you hear this? He created you to have a relationship with Him. He created you to know Him. We are never complete until we have that personal relationship with God through the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You and I were created to know Him, to know God. 
God loves you so much that He is revealing Himself to you. He's wanting you to listen. As He reveals Himself, He reveals Himself through Jesus. These wonderful windows all around this room starts here with the birth and goes all through the life of Jesus. Comes all the way to the Garden of Gethsemane where He's praying, "Lord, don't I don't I don't want His physical uh, human nature. He didn't want to go to the cross, but He went to the cross." And then he came out of the tomb and then he was resurrected and he ascended into heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ, God loves you and he wants you to know because he sent his son Jesus for you. In John 14, 9, he said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. If you, if you, if you can glimpse in, in your spirit and you know that Jesus, right now your heart's pitter-pattering because you know you need him. Right now, friend, God wants you to know him through his son. Also, if you will just take this word, if you don't have a copy of God's word, take, take the one in the pew with you because, friends, if you will just open that book and start reading, you will see God display himself to you so that you can become a Christian. God gives you this book. It's his message to you and me. And it says in Isaiah 55, 11, that his word will not return unto him void, that it will accomplish what he has purposed it to do, and it shall succeed in the thing which he sent this word. This word is to bring men and women to the saving power of Jesus. This is the exalted word of God, friends. We have got to realize how great God's love is for us. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know about Jesus. He tells you about Jesus. He wants you to know about him because, of his, because of, of his word. And if you will just look around, you know me. I love looking at the creation of the world. I can't wait to go to the beach soon to go see God's power and majesty in those waves. But you know what? If you'll come from Athens and you'll look when you get about... Halfway to Etowah, you start looking at those mountain ranges. And you know we take it for granted, don't we? We get to see it all the time. We forget. Look at how majestic God is, friends. You know the weather. It's been near pretty good, hasn't it? That's Tennessee talk for it's been good weather. Friends, it has been great. And you just look around and you see life coming back into the grass and the tree. I hate mowing, don't you? But anyway, I, 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 don't you love to see God bring life? Friends, that's the life that he's wanting to bring to you. He is trying to show you his love for you as you experience him, friends. The psalmist declared, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiwork. One of my favorite songs, Tara, I tell you, Jonathan and Jason and everybody else, is Gordon Mote. You know who Gordon Mote is? He is the pianist for the Gaithers. Dude can't see this far in front of He's blind. But he wrote a song, Don't Let Me Miss the Glory. Oh my goodness, friends. How that guy can play that piano and then how he can sing, Don't Let Me Miss the Glory. He says, the view from the mountains displays handiwork. And then he talks about the oceans and he talks about the majestic outer space. Good gracious, friends. We get to see it and we got to experience how great God is.
Woo! God is trying to show you how much He loves you. He wants to know you this morning, friend. He wants to know you. God loves you because you're created in His image. And friend, let me tell you something. God loves you because you need Him. I didn't. I said need. That wasn't any mix-up words. You need Him. You need God Almighty through the shed blood of Jesus to redeem your sins. Redeem's a Christian word. What's it mean? It means to pay for, to pay the price for, to take care of, whatever you... He paid your bill. Isn't it great to go to a restaurant and find, well, somebody, somebody paid my bill. I, I like that if that happens. Or, or the telephone company uh, or the electric company just said, I'm, we're just not going to charge you because your bill's been paid. Friend, God has paid your bill. God has paid for your sins. His redemption has been taken care of when he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. Peter, the guy that walked with God, he was one of, God's, one of Jesus' disciples. He said, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things. In other words, you can't be paid for or redeemed by anything in this world. That's perishable things. He said such as silver or gold or, or that new car or that wonderful purse you just got or, or your boyfriend, your girlfriend, or your spouse or your parents. Not with parents, but with the precious blood of Christ. That's how you get redeemed. Like a lamb without spot or blemish. Your redemption cost. Listen. Your redemption cost God Almighty His Son. What a cost. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Willingly gave His Son for you and me. Your redemption cost Jesus Christ his love. In Mark 10, it says Jesus came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life for a ransom for everybody, for, for a payment for everybody, for a redemption. Your redemption has also cost other people. They're praying for you. There's Christians in this room right now, and if they're not praying, I'm asking them to pray now. They're praying for you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's a room full of people right now praying that you would come to the knowledge of your need of Jesus. It's cost these people time in their praying. It's cost these people effort and 
it's cost them talking to you and inviting you and being there for you. And you know, also, our redemption has cost some people their actual lives. There's missionaries that have been martyred. That means they gave their life for the cause of Christ. They got killed telling other people about Jesus. Friend, you need God. He loves you so much. Turn your eyes to Jesus. He loves you. I've attempted to tell you about God's love right now. And I know that I just barely scratched, just barely scratched the surface of how great His love is. A few weeks ago, I, I preached on the height and the depth and the width and the breadth and the cost of God's love. And we talked about some of the same things. But I, I pray, friend, that you'll hear won't you please hear the Spirit of God calling out to you right now? He is calling you softly, tenderly, saying, won't you come? Come just as you are. Hear the Spirit's call just as I am. Without one plea, but yet His blood was shed for me. Friend, won't you finally let God have control of your life? You see what a mess you've made of it? <laughs> Me too. Friend, I'm not pointing fingers at you. I'm pointing them all. I've made a mess of my life. I still do. Christian, don't you need to come here in a moment and just thank God for his love? <laughs> don't you just need to come and say, Lord, <laughs> how great you are? I don't know the needs this morning. Only God does. But here in a moment, I'm going to be standing right here. I would love to pray with you. There's people in this room that would love to pray with you. Go to them. Come to me. Let me talk to you. But if you just come to the altar and say, God, I need you. That's what he's telling you to do this morning. Won't you just follow through and do whatever God's asking you to do this morning? Let's pray, and then we'll sing. Father God, thank you for the time we've had. And Lord, I pray in these next moments that you would be exalted. And right now, God, I join with Christians all over this room. I join with Christians listening on the radio by the internet connection. I join with them in praying for lost souls. I pray right now, God, that your spirit, your Holy Spirit would convict that you would be exalted and that your will would be accomplished. If there's one in this room, if there is one listening on the radio, maybe they're driving down the highway, maybe they're at home sitting in their easy chair, wherever they may be, God, if there is one here, there, wherever, that does not have a relationship with you, I pray today that you would bring salvation to that person. I pray today that your son Jesus would be exalted. I pray with them, and they'll pray this little prayer. Lord, I need you. I want to be a Christian. 
I want to live for you. I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I do wrong. I admit that I am a failure. But I believe that Jesus died on a cross for me. I believe that he rose again three days later. And I believe he's in heaven. And I believe that his spirit is calling out to me right now. And I want to be a Christian. I want to live for Jesus. I want to get away from the way I've been living. And I want to live the way God, you want me to live. If you prayed that prayer, won't you come tell me about it? As Christians continue to pray, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to the services at North Etowah Baptist Church. If you made a decision for Christ today, head over to northetowah.org slash contact. Fill out the form and someone from our staff will be quick to contact you. Not to mention, we'd love to worship with you. All worship times and other activities can be found on our website. Thanks again for listening and may God bless you.